moved in with Grandma and Grandpa, Trent began to take piano lessons. His teacher immediately recognized Trent as a natural musician, and she encouraged him to pursue more difficult classical studies. Now, this suited him just fine because, as something of a loner, his parents' divorce had left a permanent mark on his psyche, he often sought solace at the piano. Still, despite this awkward shyness, he was well-liked and managed to make a number of friends, especially after he got involved with the school band, where he learned to play the tuba and the saxophone. In high school, he appeared in a couple of school musicals, playing the lead role in The Music Man and the part of Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar. He was even voted best in drama by fellow students. When he was at home, Trent spent more and more time at the piano. When he wasn't practicing, he was off listening to Kiss albums like Destroyer and Alive. Although he loved the way the piano could be used to express feelings of angst and sadness, he realized the inherent limitations of sticking with minor key classical pieces. I mean, sure, Beethoven was majestic, but Gene Simmons was cool. Not to mention the fact that he probably got lots of chicks. From the evil power of Kiss, Trent branched out to Supertramp's Crime of the Century, which is a natural choice for any kid interested in piano. He also listened to The Wall from Pink Floyd. He soon developed a morbid fascination with science fiction also with comic books and A-grade horror movies. In one interview, he talked about the movie The Omen and how it scared him so much that he became convinced that he was actually the Antichrist. Apparently, for weeks after he saw the movie, he'd searched through his hair just before bed, looking for the telltale 666 mark, just like Gregory Peck had done with Damien. Michael Resner, looking to repair some of the damage caused by the divorce, encouraged his son's growing interest in rock music. In addition to working as an interior designer and a graphic artist, he was also an amateur bluegrass musician who ran a small shop that sold a variety of acoustic instruments and guitars. In his spare moments, he taught Trent the basics of guitar and later managed to procure Trent an electric piano. It wasn't long before Trent and some of his friends began jamming together in the small room at the back of the shop. Then, once techno-pop hit, Trent immersed himself into that culture, fascinated by groups such as the Human League, whose music was generated entirely by machines. Successfully lobbying his parents for cash, he purchased a cheap Moog synthesizer and set about trying to recreate the same sounds he heard Greg Hawks play on all those Cars records. Although there have been some attempts to revise Trent Reznor's musical background over the years, Nine Inch Nails was by no means his first musical project. By the time high school graduation came around, Trent had formed at least one band, an outfit he called Option 30. About one-third of the material was original, with the rest consisting of covers by Wang Chung, Elvis Costello, and other new wave stuff from the early 1980s. As music became more and more of an obsession, Trent began to realize that maybe music was his ticket out of Mercer. Enrolling in a computer engineering course at Allegheny College in nearby Meadville, his initial hope was that a degree might lead to a career in synthesizer design, with a big company like Moog or Sequential or Roland or whatever. Discovering that designing electronic keyboards was more about math than it was about music, he dropped out after his first year. Trent spent the next year living out in the woods with his father, planning how he would ultimately make his escape to Cleveland, which was 200 miles to the north. Now to Trent, Cleveland was a different planet. There you could hear the latest new music on the radio, browse through stacks of cool new albums at record stores, and actually meet other people who thought and felt the same way he did. After saying goodbye to his father, Trent packed up whatever gear he had and moved to Cleveland, determined to explore music that was made by machines. Technopop was on the cutting edge of music in the early 1980s. 
pop bands like OMD, Depeche Mode, The Human League, New Order, and Howard Jones were doing wonderful things with keyboards and sequencers that allowed a single person to create fantastic sonic landscapes with just the touch of a button. Then there was the cold, dispassionate, robotic approach favored by Fad Gadget, The Normal, Gary Newman, and Kraftwerk. The more Trent explored this computer-driven music, the more it enveloped him. And before long, he was listening to highly experimental groups like Die Krupps, Cabaret Voltaire, Throbbing Gristle, Skinny Puppy, and Einstuzenti Neubauten. These were all groups who specialized in a sound that some people were calling industrial. Slowly but surely, the anvils and hammers and pipes, favored by the original industrial bands, were replaced by aggressive-sounding keyboards, propelled by powerful sequencers and this brand-new thing called a Macintosh computer. Although the music remained hard and heavy, it also began to acquire a dance beat.